Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You're listening to Westside Ministry San Diego with me, Ginger Cancino. We're going to start with Matthew 7, verses 1-5. through 5. Judge not, that ye not be judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? For how wilt thou say, Thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote in thy brother's eye. When we break these scriptures down, we can see what Christ is saying here. First thing he says is, Judge not. What does he mean by not judging? If we go down a few scriptures, we can clearly see the speck in our brother or sister's eye. The speck here means sin. So we can clearly see that one of our brothers or sisters in Christ is sinning, which is what the speck in the eye means. But Jesus tells us to examine ourselves. The verse goes on to say we have a beam in our own eye, which a beam is much bigger than a speck. So a beam of wood is much larger than a splinter. And it confirms that we all fall short in sin, but we must repent, remove the beam in our eye, which is sin, turn away from the sin. Then we can help our brother or sister in Christ remove their speck, which is their sin. But we do this with love and humility. We don't do it out of ego or pride, thinking that we never sin or that we're better than they are. The Bible says in Matthew 7, you will know them by the fruits speaking of other Christians that they bear. Let's read Matthew 7 verses 15 through 20. Be, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. What are the fruits of the Spirit that Jesus is talking about here? In Galatians 5, 22-23, the fruits are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. If a false Christian, uh, also known as like what I like to call them, fake fence riders, is in your church, you will be able to spot them because they do not bear these fruit. In Matthew 5, verses 3 through 11, are the Beatitude sermon that Jesus did on the mountain. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, 
therefore so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Not only will true children of God have the nine fruit of the Spirit that we went over in Galatians 5, 23 but they will also exhibit the Beatitudes that I just went over as well. Jesus is not saying that we can't say whether someone is a true Christian or not. He says to beware of wolves in sheep's clothing in Matthew 7, verse 15. He expects us to know how a true child of God is to act and exhibit the fruits and the Beatitudes. If he didn't tell us what to look for, we would go around thinking that everyone, no matter how they acted, were true children of God. But he plainly says how his people are supposed to conduct themselves. When you find these types of people, they are few and far between, but they do exist. You will find Jesus there in the midst of them. We can judge if someone is a true follower of Christ. Again, Jesus tells us we will know his people by the fruit they bear. And he also tells us that false teachers and preachers are going to rise up. And there are going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. So if we are not supposed to judge other Christians, then why would it be in the Bible, him, Jesus, telling us what fruits we are to bear? And plus, too, if we did not know what to look for, like the true Christians are to bear the fruit and have the Beatitudes, if we did not have this information, we would not know what a false teacher or preacher or a wolf in sheep's clothing, a fake Christian, would look like. So Jesus expects us to know the difference between his true children and the fake fence-riding Christians. That's not judging. That's biblical. We are to know the difference and we are to separate ourselves from people that act as though they are Christian but bear no fruit, which means they go on living their life the way they always have, being mean to people, cussing, not loving people, not being kind to people, not not having humility, not being humble, but you know they they have egos and they have pride and they are are out here hurting people on purpose for money and and things like that. Those people are not Christians. And if they go against what the word of God says, if if they are adulterers, they're out here they they go to church on Sunday but they're seeing everybody Monday through Saturday uh, while their spouse is at home, that's not a Christian. You can plainly say that because the Bible plainly says that they are not a Christian. But what we cannot do is judge people by saying, when they die, I know they're going to hell. We cannot say that because when we do, we are trying to act like God. Only God can send people to heaven or hell. You nor I have that authority. God is the only one that has that authority. So someone could have been living on this earth their whole life and never, never darkened a doorway at a church, was never kind to anyone, showed no love, showed no respect, showed nothing, was greedy and prideful while they were here on this earth and then they died. Well, people could say, well, from the example they set, it would appear that heaven would maybe not be their home. But we serve a very 
merciful, loving God who can capture someone between that very last breath and, and death. God can catch them on that bridge from life to death. And he can catch them in the middle of the bridge right before they die and say, you know, I'm Jesus Christ. Do you believe in me? If you do, you'll, you can come to heaven and be with me. And, and someone can accept or reject Christ at that point. Once they are completely passed away, then their fate is sealed, whether they have accepted Christ or not. And Christ does not do this with everyone. For example, I was listening to a testimony of a man and he said that his mother was a praying woman. She prayed for him all the time. And he knew about God and everything, but he did not serve God. And he was in an ambulance, almost dead, just, just getting ready to pass that threshold from life to death. And Jesus appeared to him and said, do you know who I am? And he said, yes, you're Jesus. And he said, do you believe in me? And, Jesus, and, and the guy said, yeah. And Jesus said, well, pray. And he said, but I don't know how to pray. He said, you know the Father's Prayer. And then the man said, yes, I do. And he said, well, say the Father's Prayer. And then he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So the man accepted Christ in the threshold of dying. Christ came to him spiritually. And then the Christ said, okay, I'm going to send you back. And the man said, no, I don't want to go back. And Christ said, but there's things that I have for you to do. And the man said, I really just want to go with you. And then Christ opened a window. It's like a window was opening. And the, the man could see his mother on her knees praying for him and crying for, for his salvation and everything. And Christ asked him, if you don't go back, then how will she know that you accepted me? And that man was there in the spirit watching his mother just pray for him on her knees at her bedside. And he said, okay, I'll go back. And Christ told him some things that he wanted him to do when he came back into his body. And so he came back into his body and he's serving Christ. And, and he's doing what Christ has asked him to do. Christ can do anything. If someone commits suicide, do not ever, ever say they went to hell. Never say that. You don't know. I don't know. Because some people have mental illness. And they don't understand exactly what they're doing. And they've dealt with this mental illness. And the only way that they see out is, is, is through suicide. Only Jesus can tell someone if they're going to heaven or not. Christ is so loving and so merciful. No one can say where people go after they die because Christ can grab their spirit right, right in the midst of dying, right before they pass the threshold into death and grab them back and say, do you believe in me? And they can accept him 
in that, in that instance, before they pass through the bridge of death, Christ can do that. But I do not want people to think that Christ will always do that because he will not. We have a time now to accept him. If you have breath in your body, you have time now to accept or reject him. If you accept him and you serve him and you have a relationship with him, then you have that assurance of heaven. If you do not and you die tomorrow in a, in a sudden accident where, you're, where you die on the spot, you do not have those few seconds to accept Christ. I've heard people say, oh, well, on my deathbed, I'll accept Christ. Well, how does anyone know how they're going to die? If you die instantly from a car crash, you didn't see it coming at all. Or if, if you're standing in a grocery store and someone comes in and does a mass shooting and, and you're shot instantly and you die instantly, there is no guarantee that you're going to have any time on your deathbed. And there's no guarantee that Christ is going to come to you when you're on the bridge between life and death. There is no guarantee, none whatsoever. Christ says today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day to accept him. Today is the day to ask him into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. That's it. He doesn't promise us tomorrow. He says today is the day, period. So when, when the Bible says, do not judge, it is saying, do not judge people to say whether they went to heaven or hell. We are not to look at sinners and say, oh, well, that person's going to hell for sure because they're a sinner. Well, what about in five years when they accept Christ? We don't know where Christ is going to take people. We don't know when people are going to accept Christ. And those fence riders, those fake Christians who sit on the pews and who cause discord and strife and have no fruit of the Spirit, have no beatitudes, Christ is not with them. Because Christ is going to be in the midst of people who have his character. And Christ's character are the nine fruit of the Spirit and the beatitudes. That is his character. So if you have not accepted Christ today, I ask you just to say this prayer right where you're at. If you're at work and you're just listening to this while you're working on your computer and you can't talk out loud, don't talk out loud. God can read your thoughts. He can read your mind. Just ask him. Just say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean, white as snow. Help me to to follow you and to make you my Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross and you rose three days later and you're alive in heaven today. And I thank you and praise you for hearing my prayer, for saving my soul. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And if you prayed that with your whole heart and you really meant it, then you're a child of God. Find a good Bible-based church. Get in with good, spirit-filled people. And watch what God will do in your life. Because He will do amazing things. I have a book called From Rebellion to Redemption. It's free. 
on PDF if you'll email me at westsideministries at cox.net or look me up on Facebook or Instagram. I will email that book to you for free. You can put it on your smartphone, you can put it on your computer and read it that way, or you can print it out, put it in a three-ring binder, and take it wherever you go and read it. It is revised. I did some revision on it just a few weeks ago before I put it out for PDF. Um, it was published in 2017, but my contract ran up with the publisher, so now it's, it's free to anyone who wants it. Just email me. And I would love to hear from you if you've accepted Christ, if you need a mentor, if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone just to confess your sins to and, and talk about things that you're going through, email me. Feel free to email me. I love helping people. I love mentoring people. I love showing people the way to Christ. And all you have to do is just email me. It is completely confidential. I am a minister. I am studying also to be a life coach. And in a few months, I will have my life coach certification. So I am more than happy to help anyone who needs help with their walk with Christ. We've got to be here for each other. The older Christians need to help the younger Christians. And I'm not really saying age. Someone in their 40s could be serving God for 20 years. And then someone in their 50s just accepted Christ. Well, that person in their 40s can help that person in their 50s down that path that Christ has for them because that person in their 40s have been serving Christ for 20 years versus the person in their 50s who just received Christ. So when I say older Christian, I'm not meaning by age... I'm just meaning by years of serving Christ and how mature they are in Christ. I certainly hope that you all have an amazing blessed day. And I thank you so much again for tuning in. God bless.